the country with your host, Dave Woods. This is the radio show where country music gets up close and personal. Spend some time in the country and get to know our guests. Spend some time in the country where the music's the best. The latest news and memories to great stories that get told. Spend some time in the country, now it's time we start the show. Country group Diamond Reel first made their way up the country music charts in 1991 with their song, Meet in the Middle. They became the first country group in history to reach number one with a debut single on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart. The years that followed brought hit after hit, including Love a Little Stronger, In a Week or Two, Imagine That, One More Day, to name only a few. Diamond Rail has a brand new album out now, and it's a great one called I Made It. You can check it out at iTunes. My pleasure to welcome to the show from the multi-award winning Diamond Rail, Jimmy Olander. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Dave. How are you? I am doing wonderful. So great to have you on the show. Hey, man. It's good. To, uh, we love Canada. I love Toronto. So it's uh, good to be north of the border here on this interview. That's awesome, and we are huge country music fans here in Canada, and Diamond Rio is one of our favorites, and I go back to uh, listening back in 1991, the first time I heard Meet in the Middle, and just the great song and how catchy the chorus is and, and the message in the song, and that song just hit country radio like crazy. Can you take us back to the release of that song, Jimmy, and, and how you guys were feeling? Oh, you know, it was amazing uh, because we were a band. Uh, we're kind of a show band out at a theme park in Nashville called Opryland that, um, you know, had some production stuff. It's actually where uh, the, op- the the new Grand Old Opry House sits on that property, and the new Opry Mills Mall replaced that. But we were, you know, struggling trying to get a record deal and uh, playing concerts and being a a band that wasn't playing cover material but playing original material, you can imagine how tough it was for us to make a living. Um, mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we were Marty's college roommate, co-produced our first project um, with the head of a boutique label that just opened up in Nashville, Arista Records. And, uh, you know, we had big dreams and we cut our first record And, I mean, I didn't have two dimes to rub together. I had been cutting grass, trying to stay in the music business and trying to get a record deal. Uh, Working with a landscaping crew was a two-man team, and our lead singer was the the other man on that. And so we uh, cut that, and that was our first single, Meet in the Middle, and it came out and went straight to number one. Of course, you know, bookings don't catch up for another six to eight weeks. And there we were with a, with the a no, number one uh, song on the radio, and you know, still had no gigs. I can remember <laughs> have you know, like a Saturday. It was actually a Monday night when the chart positions came out, and we had a number one record. And I was sitting with our mandolin player and his wife and my wife, and we were just hooting and hollering, thinking, wondering what we were going to do next weekend because the gigs hadn't kicked <laughs> in yet, you know. And so, but yeah. I mean, it was a whirlwind uh, to kind of put the time frame into perspective. We had cut the video for um, for Meet in the Middle the night that uh, the Gulf War broke out. Um, and I can mm. remember being our first video being on set and just taking these long breaks and watching CNN um, and watching that, that stuff happen. It was, it was amazing. You know, of course, you never forget your, 
your first video and you never forget that all of a sudden, you know, the United States is at war for the first time yeah. in forever. So it was it was a an unbelievable time and then that period it was just a, it was a whirlwind. I think it the, the song took 11 weeks to climb to number 1 and you know we thought everything was that easy. You just put songs out on the radio and they all go to number <laughs> 1, you know. <laughs> Seven hundred fence posts from your place to house. Neither one of us was old enough to drive a car. Sometimes it was raining, sometimes it would shine. We wore out that gravel road between your house and mine. I'd start walking your way, you'd start walking mine. kept on coming and that great diamond reel harmony sound and man the list is endless here and i wanted to ask you about a few of those songs before we uh fast forward to the brand new album which is awesome the new album called i made it but uh the song one more day jimmy this song you know it's a love song but because of things that were happening around the time of its release that whole year events in the world that song took on a 
whole uh, more deeper meaning to people. It did. Uh, we had three pretty good-sized news events that happened down here in the States. The first was, I think it was the Oklahoma uh, Oklahoma State basketball team uh, crash. They crashed, I think, out in Colorado going to a game, and uh, some of the um, radio stations, local radio stations, had picked that song up and had kind of... Uh, did some of the news overviews and tributes to the players and to the families as that song played. And then that same type of thing happened when we lost Dale Earnhardt, uh, some of the the stations over in North Carolina, and then that went national, uh, where they used One More Day as a tribute and then interspliced news stories and comments about Dale and his life and and the loss that he was. And then we had 9-11 happen. And uh, we performed that on the CMA Award Show that year, and our friends Robert Deaton and George Flanagan had put a great um, 9/11 tribute in video on that, and it was just—it's been—it's been very, very power, powerful. You know, when we cut one more day, it wasn't—I uh, mean, you know, we're musicians, and we're—we go in and we have these many songs to cut for a record and we're working on the stuff we maybe cut three in a day maybe if it's a good day we'll cut four you know if we're Mm -hmm. lousy you know maybe it's one or two songs so one more day was just another great song that we went in to cut you know and when we cut it, it's like hey we got a good track on that you never know what some of these things are going to become and what they're going to how they're going to minister to somebody or or how it's going to really touch people's lives and uh, it became profound through those three events. And plus, at meet and greet, on a nightly basis, people would come up and they'd say, hey, you know, I lost this person. Or, you know, my mother has has cancer, and we're, we're struggling with, with her treatment right now, and this is really helping us get through this. Or you'll see somebody, as we, the, the intro start, comes down, somebody will just stand up with a photo and sit there and, and, man, I will tell you, it is a humbling experience as an artist. You want to touch people with your music, and then when it actually happens, I was a little bit ill-prepared to deal with that. You know, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I started by saying, oh, I know how you feel to people, but in reality, I didn't, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, it, and it seemed a little bit disingenuine. And um, I've learned through the years that, you know, I, it's, it's my place to listen to what's going on, and I've made some incredible connections with our fans and with people that have come out to the shows, telling me their stories about how that song has helped them, and uh, it's been an amazing journey, for sure. It's pretty amazing that a song like that and others of yours, like I Believe, can do, and that seems, Jimmy, in country music to be something that the format does so well more than others, have these songs that we as fans listen to and, and get us through tough times, inspire us, comfort us. And, and for you guys to have songs like that, it's got to be uh, pretty rewarding. Oh, it is. It is. Um, you know, it's, it's, this is, this, our career has gone way better than I could have ever dreamed for myself. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. And, you know, it's, and it's really great to get that affirmation and to get people sharing their lives with us and what we've done because we're in you know musicians in the studio we're in there cutting records and we believe in our music and we're trying to do our very very best and we would like for for people this to have this reaction and when that happens man it's super rewarding 
Another one of your songs I was going to ask you about, uh, the song called Walking Away, one of my favorites. I love the, the melody to it and the message. It's just a great song from start to finish. And when I was reading up on it, Jimmy, I, I was reading that uh, you guys had chosen or it was put in front of you to cut, but while Craig Wiseman was still finishing the demo. Man, okay, well, you've got me there. I, you know what, I, some of these <laughs> things that go back, you know. Um, I can remember, I, we've cut a couple of Craig songs. I remember we cut one song called Fast, 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 and that song was pretty much in pieces, and we that was one of Craig's songs. Uh, Walking Away, man, I don't remember. I, I know that uh, Annie Roboff was also a writer on that, and she is a great craftsman and crafts girl i guess you should say um so great melodies and i would i would probably credit her on the melody of that thing i love that song i think it came mm. off of the four record which was one of my favorites that we cut um and it's it's still a really fun one for us to play unfortunately it's in it's in a medley right now so i'm not i'm not able to play the entire song as we do that we've had you know when you have this type of uh great fortune uh, we can't play all the songs in our set in their entirety. Right. We've actually learned that that it gets a little old to the audience too. If we're you know two verses, a bridge, and a chorus, double chorus at the end of each song, you know it's all as soon as they, they want a little bit. If they're going down memory lane, they'd like to hear the a little bit. It seems like they'd like to hear a little bit more of the Cliff Notes version, and then maybe mm-hmm. a stretch something else out that's unusual that they haven't ever heard before. Interesting, and uh, our listeners can check that out on the Diamond Rio Live CD, which celebrated 25 years of Diamond Rio, and this was released last year. Uh, they can head to iTunes or DiamondRio.com. Uh, 32 songs on there, including the medleys, and uh, there's some fun stuff on there as well, along with the hits. You guys do a cool thing called a new grass medley, and of course it's a playoff of bluegrass, but uh, we've got some rock songs in there. Walk of This Way, Carry On Wayward Son, and Born to Be Wild, done in a bluegrass style. Yes. Yes, and we actually live. We do a little bit of Layla on the beginning of that, but uh, but uh, we just couldn't come to an agreement with the publishers on that. Clapton's publishing; they just would not let us cut that one. Um, but yeah, you know what? That seems to be a really fun thing for us to do. Um, we've got great bluegrass roots in the band. Uh, Gene Johnson was the 1974 Bluegrass Unlimited Mandolin Player of the Year. And our bass player, Dana, uh, his uncles are the Osborne brothers who had the hit on Rocky Top. And uh, that was CMA song a year in the 60s. Um, so, and I grew up playing, I moved to, to Nashville as a banjo player. So playing the bluegrass stuff is definitely tying into our roots, you know, and you can definitely hear that in the harmonies. When Dana and Gene sing, man, it sounds pretty <laughs> bluegrassy, no matter how pop the song may start. Uh, they will definitely bring it country, for sure. Um, but anyway, rearranging some of that stuff and double-timing Born to be Wild and uh, Carry On My Wayward Son. I mean, it's just really fun to do that stuff. Let's sing the praises, pun intended here, of uh, your lead singer, Marty Rowe. I mean, wow, what a voice on him. And maybe tell me a little bit about Marty and uh, so we can get to know him a bit better. Uh, you know, Marty, he's, a, uh, he's an interesting guy. Uh, Marty is a, is a very Christian guy. He's actually doing a church plant here in Nashville. And if you can look at 
the volume of material that we've done in our career, you'll notice that you won't ever find a cheating song, you won't ever find a drinking song, because Marty was going to have to sing it, and he would not sing anything that he wouldn't want his parents to hear him sing. And that has been kind of the barometer on stuff. We've had some great songs that had a little bit uh, blue material to them pitched to us, and we just, it was, you know, we're just not going to do that. That would be out of character for us to do. Um, but as far as Marty singing lead, you know, he was, I guess, the third lead singer when we were still the Tennessee River Boys. Uh, Keith Stegall cut a project on us, Alan Jackson's producer. And we were mm-hmm. going to try to get a record deal with that. And the bass player at the time, a guy named Matt Davenport, was playing bass. Well, when, when we went into cut, Marty wasn't going to play on the tracks, so he sang the scratch lead vocals on that, and then Matt was going to replace him. Well, as soon as Keith heard Marty singing the vocals on the scratches, he was like, hold the presses. We've got a new <laughs> lead singer. It's the guy that's wow. singing the center harmonies. It's Marty, and that kind of developed, and and uh, we had some personnel change after that. Um, but, man, I love his vo- voice. You know, actually, without... You know, I'm I can't just I'm just not going to gush on everybody, but you know what all these guys, I still like playing with them. They're great guys and they're really really good musicians. When Gene sings his harmony stuff, it's like nothing. I mean, nothing I've ever heard and he's in his 60s and he can still sing over a dog whistle, you know, and Brian's <laughs> drum groove, you know, Dana's low harmony it's just that I've been playing with these guys for a long time, and you would think that it would become pedestrian for me after all this time. Uh, but we've had some – Brian had – our drummer had a carpal tunnel surgery, and he had to have an extended subs out for him. And you know what? When we got Brian back, it was like, oh, thanks. He just – his groove is amazing. Dan's piano stuff is just like – he is such an – economical player his voicings he doesn't over harmonize stuff and it's just always so fresh sounding i mean i just i could go on and on about these guys and they've given Mm -hmm. me plenty of rain uh with the guitar stuff you know usually i do the guitars first and try to write the instrumental hooks and come up with that type of stuff and i've got these monster musicians that are kind of going all right boy go do your stuff and then we'll 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 figure out what we're going to do after you're done so it's it's a great position to be in, um, but you know what? I need to bring it because I've I've got some really good musicians <laughs> fixing to do something behind me. Well, we have a lot more to talk about. I'm going to turn to a song now, Jimmy, but I want to come back and uh, ask you about Diamond Rio's induction into the Grand Ole Opry back in 1998, and also about some of the songwriting you've done outside of Diamond Rio. But the brand new album is called I Made It. It is available at iTunes. People can also get it at diamondrio.com. Eleven great songs on here. And man, I want to talk about uh, even a few that we're not going to play. I just want to find out about because they're pretty amazing. But the first one I want to share is called I Love This Song. And what can you tell me about this one, Jimmy? And maybe even just about the album in general. Uh, you know what? Uh, I Made It. I, it's it's funny. You know, we are we've been doing this a long time. And we took a break in cutting, uh, you know, contemporary country music um, to do first a, a Christmas record, something that we've always wanted to do. I, I love that time of the year, and I love Christmas songs. Um, and then we had the opportunity to do a Christian record as well. 
and that turned out to be a very, very long process for us in some of the ANR part, and during the process of that, we actually uh, about halfway through listening to songs and getting through this de- uh, kind of derailed what we were doing and said, you know what, we actually have testimony here ourselves, and wrote the, a majority of the record, if not yeah, pretty much the whole thing, over Marty's um, kind of uh, tr- trouble with his voice. He had uh, kind of the gift of being able to sing, and that was taken away from him. And it was given back to him, and um, we had hid that, you know, and didn't really talk about that. In the Christian record, mm-hmm. we actually we wrote a book, Beautiful Mess, that kind of diagrams that in the early chapters, and then uh, wrote the reason uh, about that experience, and with brought in some some of the best of the best in the Christian field and wrote that stuff. And I, I drug got Marty off the couch; he hadn't been writing much, and uh, got him in and uh, wrote this stuff with um, some great writers, and uh, we're really proud of it. But that being said, we hadn't been doing any country music. You know, we'd been touring, but uh, it was a long time coming for us to get back in making stuff for the country format, and I think that really did us a wonderful service in that our palette was fresh, you know, we we wanted to play that stuff and we wanted to create stuff that was, you know, kind of what brought us to the dance in the first place. And I think had we just been, been doing this right after we were out of Arista, it would have possibly sounded tired, you know. Uh, so I think it turned out great. I love this song is just super upbeat. It's my son's mm-hmm. tank, his favorite. We just uh, we just did something for the Grand Old Opry, and he knows every word of that, and he sang it on WSM. It was <laughs> great fun. It is a fun song, and it is so catchy. I know our listeners are going to love this one. Available on the brand-new CD, which is called I Made It, available at iTunes. Let's hear the song now from Diamond Rio. I love this song on In the Country. Yeah. Tapping my toes, guitar coming from the radio. Straight up out of my bed, I couldn't get it out of my head. Drove down Highway 9, I must have heard it three more times. Forget the words, I get the gist. I think it went something like this. Yeah. Turn it up, turn it up, come on, come on. The brand new song, you know, the one that goes on and on and on. Sing along, ramble, 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 ding dong. Boombox and the sand, kicking it, kicking it, three-day weekend. A lot of rocking, a little rolling, suntan lotion, love potion. DJ came on, set the phone spinner ringing all day long. But this one, it's a hit. Crank it up, raise my fist. Come on, come on, the brand new song. You know the one that goes on and on and on. Sing along,
am I here? And that is multi-award-winning country group Diamond Rio. Brand new music from them off of their new album. That song is called I Love This Song, the uh, album produced by Michael D. Clute and my guest Jimmy O'Lander. And that's another one of those catchy Diamond Rio songs. It is, you know, and it's it's no surprise that it's written by the same writer that wrote Unbelievable. You know, it's got that same energy. Yeah. Jeffrey Steele, who we've cut several things by, and he's a massive talent. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, I don't know if you remember Jeffrey from Boy Howdy. Boy Howdy I was do. a, a yeah. band in the 90s, and uh, I, he, as a singer, as a songwriter, as an artist, I don't know why he's not a household name everywhere. The guy is just dripping with uh, everything musical. Um, but anyway, we were, we were glad to get that song, and uh, we did our best with it. Great job on it, and we have another song from the album coming up, a little a slower song, a love song. We can't wait to check that one out. But uh, let's head back to, well, originally you guys appeared on the Grand Ole Opry in 1991, and then in 1998, October of that year, you became grand old opry members tell me about that jimmy the that that moment and just how special the opry is for you guys well you know the the opry is incredibly special for us i've you know i've been a lover of traditional country music for a long time and uh working out at Opryland and being in one of the production shows where the where the grand old opry was i actually worked in a theater next door to the Opry House called the Roy Acuff Theater, and we would do shows during the day, and I would sneak over in the back door and be backstage and watch all these great artists, you know, and it was back in the day where when Loretta Lynn would play the Opry with her huge band, and Mel Tillis would have the Statesiders on there, and just this classic stuff, Ronnie Millsap, this is back in the days of syndromes, you know, and went doo-doo-doo-doo-doo, and they were hitting kind of country <laughs> disco and stuff, but I loved everything about that, and some of the classics, uh, old guys would be there too, just just unbelievable, Billy Grammer playing guitar, and so I've always had this big affection for it, Dana's uncles were, were Opry members, uh, Marty Rowe was named after Marty Robbins, who was a member of the Grand Old Opry, we all kind of loved the Opry, and so to be asked to become members of the Opry, I mean, that'll really, that'll stagger you, you know. The first time you mm-hmm. stand on the circle and they they, they call your name and, and you get out there and you play your song, I mean, I can't, I really can't remember my first performance on the Opry. It was just a blur. And they you run out there, it's the longest running live radio show in the States. And uh, there are live uh, television or TV com- or excuse me, radio commercials that are happening as it's happening. You got these commercials happening, you got announcers going, you got set guys uh changing bands over, you got audience members sitting on pews behind the band, a staff band there, staff singers. I mean there's it's chaos on stage and but it's the grand old opry and it's it's mm-hmm. what we all dream of playing someday and all of a sudden it's your time, you got two songs to get out there and get it right and then you're done, you know, and so it can be a little bit nerve-wracking. Well, now becoming Opry members, we are uh, we are our minimum commitment to be an Opry member is to to do 12 performances a year, and uh, we try to do it as much as possible. And now, you know, we're all family out there, the the members, and it's good to get out there and see your friends. We run into a lot of other acts that are that are out there, 
Um, I think this we just played the 90th uh, birthday celebration of the Opry, and the Oak Ridge Boys oh, wow. were out there, and Larry Gatlin and his brothers were out there. Little Big Town, Town was out there. Mm-hmm. I think Vince was out there, um, you know, Trace Atkins. And so it's a really nice place when we're touring. We're not seeing a lot of those people unless you're on a festival or you're on a tour with the, uh, these other acts. But when you go to the Opry, you get to see, you know, maybe 10, 11 acts on one night, and it's a really mm-hmm. great time. That sounds awesome and, and such a great uh, honor for Diamond Rio, members of the Grand Ole Opry uh, since 1998. Now, you've had success outside of Diamond Rio as a songwriter, Jimmy, and uh, a couple of songs here for Kenny Chesney, a song that did very well for him called I Lost It, and a Carrie Underwood song, The Night Before Life Goes On. You're a writer on those, to name just two. What is it like for you as a writer to uh, have an artist or however you're you're notified about it to find out that artist is recording one of your songs well you know it's it's a it's a great honor i was a staff writer over at warner chapel for i don't know 27 years or something like that and and have had other minor cuts those are my biggest cuts you know and love kenny chesney love carrie underwood but as you're writing all these songs you never know what's going to happen with them you know, you know somebody's not going to cut it if you don't write a song that day. So you always have an right. option, you know, to write the song and maybe something's going to happen with it. But we turn in a lot of songs and we're trying to come up with great ideas. And when you get these these artists that are not only household names but great singers that are going to do mm-hmm. your material and they get a really great cut on it, I mean, it's it's. It makes all these other days when you're in the writers' rooms with your co-writers worthwhile. That nothing happens with those songs when these when these very few get through and get cut. I mean, it just makes it all worthwhile. I want to turn back to the album now, and and it's a wonderful song on here called "Walking by Beauty." And as I mentioned to you before we came on the air, I've been listening to this song a lot. And first few times I listened to it, I thought, I wonder if this is a true story, because it, it sort of sounded like it, but it's just so powerful. And then I went to the website and, and learned more about it, and that it is, in fact, uh, based on a true story. Tell me about Walking by Beauty. Walking by Beauty. You know, we got, we got this song pitched to us, and it's, I mean, it's got a really great sentiment about um, there are beautiful, beautiful things being all around us, amazing things, and just as busy as we are, a lot of times we don't take take time to recognize what's right in front of us. Well, in this song, the the kind of the writers used the vehicle of a of a news story that was called the Joshua Bell experiment. For for your listeners that may not know this, Joshua Bell is a classical violinist and he's the biggest of the bigs in the classic he's the rock star of the classical darlings uh multiple nights at at carnegie hall multiple nights at symphony hall in washington dc um i think i recently saw a 60 minutes article on him um where he's doing a benevolent thing with kids so anyways he's the he's this great thing so they wrote this story about the Washington uh, Washington Report Post reporter, when he had multiple nights at uh, Washington's uh, Symphony Hall, where it sold out Joshua Bell concert, they set him down in the subway and they put his case open as if he was a street musician, and he played the very concert in that subway at rush hour when all the people were going, you know, the very crowded subway. And uh, people were going to work or coming from work. I can't remember the time of the day. 
but uh, there was ample opportunity for people to see this amazing performance. And I think maybe two people stopped. Nobody gave him any tip money or anything. And then that night he performed the, that very concert, I think for multiple nights, standing ovation, multiple standing ovations. And um, that song was written about that. And uh, we were like, yeah, God, what a great song. We love that. I saw that news piece. And then we were like, you know, what if we could actually get Joshua Bell to record this with us? And so we went on a mission to to get in touch with him. Turns out that uh, one of the first chair symphony players, David Angel, here in Nashville, um, was Joshua's um, college roommate. So he knew him in college, and he kind of helped us do the demo to send up to Joshua uh, to kind of show what we would like to, for him to do with the uh, with the track. And uh, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he, wow. I mean, you can you, when you listen to that track, you can hear this is Joshua Bell. This is not your garden vo- variety um, fiddle sawing guy. This is a right. concert pianist. It is oh, it is such a beautiful song. It is so moving. Anyone hearing it is just going to be uh, just uh, moved by the message in that song. And having Joshua on there as well it just uh, brings the story full circle. It's beautiful. It was a cold New York morning on that packed subway platform When he opened his case up, he pulled out his violin And he played some Mozart, he gave it his whole heart When he got to the best part, he opened his eyes And they just passed him by While that sweet music played Caught up in their own lives Lost in their own minds Couldn't stop to throw one down In his red velvet case Oh, they just passed him by Like he was in the way Walking by beauty Walking by Like a bright yellow daisy growing up through the pavement If we don't see the sunrise right outside our windows It just makes me wonder what else are we missing Five million got on the next train to Carnegie Hall and he played. 
tore out the crowd's heart when it got to the best part. There were tears in their eyes and he just had to smile how much they were paying to hear him that night while they were walking by beauty all day open your eyes cause you're walking by beauty all day what else are we missing walking I cut the vocals here at my home studio and comped the vocal together. And, man, it's a great vocal performance. When I heard him Mm -hmm. and his vocal, it just sounded amazing. I was like, okay, this is why this guy should be singing country music. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I love his voice. And this kind of song is one that just showcases it's, you know, the vocals are up front. And, uh, oh, yeah, I can't say enough about that song, and, and as you said, Marty's vocals on it are great. We're so we're so glad we have this new album out from Diamond Reel, which is called I Made It, available at iTunes. We're going to get to another song from it in a moment. I wanted to ask you about artists that are out there now, currently, Jimmy, that uh, you've got an ear for, that you think, whether they're an up-and-comer or just somebody out on the scene you think is just doing a great job in, in country music. Well, you know what? I had heard his first record... Um... Jared Neiman. I really like what mm-hmm. Jared is doing. Um, I remember Chris Dubois played me his first album, and I thought it was amazing. What was so interesting is I think they had the big hit on Lever Lever, and it didn't sound anything like the rest of the record, you know, and I'm not sure if they had great hits off of it. I think they're maybe on their third album now. Uh, and, and Diamond Rio just went in and guested on Jared's thing, and we just. Uh, performed with him live at the local amphitheater here in town, a Sands Amphitheater. He's out on the Chris Young tour uh, where I got to see Cam, who is a new um, girl from California. Amazing. Yeah. Kind of had a little bit I... of a uh, of a rocked-up bluegrass acoustic-y kind of thing. Great singer. Um, but I right. think I've got my heart set on Mo Pitney kind of swinging the pendulum back to some traditional country music. I think this this guy is amazing. Um, when I when I when I think of the blueprint of country singers, you know, I think of Lefty Frizzell and I think of Keith Whitley and I think of Merle Haggard, um, and I think that he's got a lot of that stuff in his voice. I think mm-hmm. he's got that sensibility as a songwriter, and uh, I've just got my fingers crossed that he has a whopper career. I've heard some of Moe's music, and he does have that traditional voice, as you said. And there's a song out by Cam now, a beautiful, haunting ballad. And she has such a great voice. It's called Burning House. Burning House, okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a new single. It's getting played up here, and it is, oh, it is such a, uh, just a, a great, moving song. Mm, mm. 
did you hear yeah. the Jared Neiman song off of his first record? They they should have named you Cocaine. No, I haven't heard that one. Ha 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 ha! When Chris Dubois <laughs> played that, it's because it's this it's this classic old vintage sounding country song, and right. basically, you know, the hook, the idea for this is they should have named you Cocaine because you've wrecked my life, kind of, and wow. it's a love, and but it's you know. It's great. It was, it's classic songwriting and crafting, and I was just like, all right, that's a home run. <laughs> that must be something for you when, as a songwriter yourself and also as an artist and even a music fan when you hear those songs that come out, and you know, great songs come out all the time, but there are killer songs like the one you just mentioned. You must get blown away. I, you know, I do, and uh, as much as we do this down here in Nashville, it's always great because – you know, like I've got a writing session tomorrow, and I will go in with several ideas, and so will the co-writer go in with several ideas, and we'll try to come up with something fresh. But basically, a majority of everything has already been written, you know, so it's really mm-hmm. tough to come up with a fresh take on something, you know. So that Jared song, I was like, oh, man, I'd never heard that before, and it just it slayed me. And, it, and they and cocaine is a very edgy subject and a very edgy word, but it actually wasn't a mm-hmm. drug song. It wasn't about doing drugs. It was about about this guy getting tore up by this girl, and it was written in a real vintage country music style, and I was like, oh, man, okay, that's just perfect. Diamond Reel had a chance to cover an Eagles classic, Lion Eyes, which you guys did so well. How cool was it to record that song from the Eagles? You know, it was it was pretty cool, and, and actually from... You know, being in the club days, I mean, we could have all fallen off a log and hit that one. So, I mean, it was it was an easy recording session for us to do, and we have great affection for, for the Eagles. Now, the interesting part about that is as that record was getting put together, there was a controversy that was happening with the head of, of the record label that was putting this out. And it was a pet project for Don Henley to uh, fund his charity project, uh, Saving Walden Pond. And mm. when 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 we were had had recorded the thing, all of a sudden uh, rumors were coming up uh, out about how little proceeds were going towards the charity and how much was going to the record uh-huh. label. It wasn't going to Henley. It wasn't going to the artists, but it was going to the record mm. label. And so Don came, flew down to Nashville, and went on a high, uh, a high schmooze with all of the, all of the artists, and pl- saying, "Please, let's keep this thing going. Let's let's do this." And naturally, we'd already cut the song. We'd done our work, and so you know, he took us out to lunch, and he was like, "All right, bring it. What do you want? You want Eagle stories?" We're like, "Yes, we want Eagle stories." So we spent the afternoon with with Don Henley as he was trying to schmooze us to stay on the proje- project. <laughs> And we heard the greatest Eagles stories. I mean, talking, oh, wow. you know, knocked down, you know, drunken brawls as they fall <laughs> off the plane being the musical ambassadors to Australia. I mean, this was great classic stuff. It was worth the afternoon, I will assure you that. <laughs> That's and, awesome. And then, we, you know, we won the CMA Award for uh, Album of the Year for that, which, which, was, a, which was awesome, too. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, the 
The song I'm going to play in just a moment is a great ballad, I Can't Think of Anything But You. But I just want to touch on the title track for a moment, Jimmy, which you had a hand in writing in. This is another one on the album that I listened to again and again, one of my favorites. Uh, the song I made it, and the story in it is very true for you guys in Diamond Rio, uh, making it in the music business, but the message in it is about how you really make it in life, and, and I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, it's a very autobiographical song, and it's... Uh... You know, I took this this idea as as you know we're as we're getting older. Um, we've we've spent a career in Diamond Rio singing a lot of other people's songs, and so when I'm write, trying to write something for Diamond Rio, I'm not making up stories and trying to come up with clever scenarios and turns of phrases um, for us to do in the hope that I come up with something cute or catchy. But I try to share a little bit of our condition because I think we've, I think Diamond Rio has missed that a little bit in our career where we haven't really shared very much about us, you know. Um, a lot of times with media training, you know, they will say, oh, you love everybody and don't do any controversy and stuff like that. And it's, you know, our, I think, I think maybe our, some of our fans really don't know who we are sometimes. So I took this opportunity and uh, kind of did a compilation of all of the stories of the guys coming to Nashville, definitely with Marty being the principal um, of us driving to Nashville in the hopes we all, you know, we didn't come here together. We met each other after we were down here individually chasing our dreams. Um, but this story collectively comes together and really represents that. And, you know, after when all is said and done, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, all this, you know, all of our dreams have kind of come true in the music business. And at the end of the day, we learned that, you know, it was really about the relationships. And uh, I represented, you know, our love relationships with, with especially with my wife, um, in that that makes all this stuff very, very fulfilling and the stuff that I really want to be. But, you know, even further than that, it's the relationships with the guys in the band. It's the people that we've met in our career that makes it all worthwhile. And when you get that stuff happening, that's when you really feel like you've made it. And that is the title track of this great album available at iTunes. You can also head to diamondrio.com. So the song I'm going to play now, Jimmy, is one that uh, the great Skip Ewing had a hand in writing. And man, I'm a huge fan of his as an artist and, of course, all the songs he's written for other artists over the years. And this song is called I Can't Think of Anything But You. Tell me about the song and maybe how Diamond Rio you know, heard the song and chose to record it. It's hard to pass up a Skip Ewing melody. I mean, Skip's just absolutely one of the greatest. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if you know this about his artistry, but, I mean, he's this incredibly, incredibly great songwriter as far as crafting his stuff. And sometimes guys are great lyricists. Sometimes they're great melody guys. Well, well Skip's all of that stuff, including an amazing vocalist and a performer, mm -hmm. and his guitar playing is exquisite. So when you get a song pitched to you by Skip Ewing, I mean, it's just like, man, it's, I, would, I wouldn't say intimidating, but you're going to have to really come with it to top the demo, to beat the demo. And but man, the, right. the melody is so gorgeous on this thing. It, it mm. I love it. And we've cut other stuff by Skip in the past. He wrote, I believe, he wrote the, just another heart in the hand. And in these things, you can definitely tell where uh, you listen to to the demo of this from Skip, and then you listen to the to the finished vocal of Marty. You can definitely hear Marty 
paying tribute to Skip Ewing on this stuff, and I think it's a very, very wise choice. Diamond Rio and the song I Can't Think of Anything But You here on In the Country. Now that I've looked in your eyes Felt your heart beat next to mine I can't think of anything but you It was only moments that we shared now you're with me everywhere I can't think of anything but you beautiful song and it's brand new from diamond rio from their album i made it the album is at itunes and that song is called i can't think of anything but you jimmy for diamond rio what have you guys got planned for 2016 what are you hoping to accomplish 
Well, you know what? This is this is our first self-promoted album on on Rio Records, and we're really interested to see how this goes. This is a new venture for us, and so far it's going well. Um, and it's it's you know the landscape of the music business has changed greatly, um, and this has been a long time for us to uh, in between projects. So um, we've got definitely we're excited about this music. Um, we're not necessarily the flavor of the day. There's lots of discussion in Nashville about the male country kind of dominance of country radio with, with bro country and songs about um, mason jars and bonfires and red clay and pickup trucks and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, it's just that's not where we are in life, and that's kind of not who we are anyway. So I'm interested to see how this fits and if this, if this sounds fresh and relevant to people, because I mean, this is what uh, what I would like for us to be doing. Um, it's, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be genuine for us to tra- uh, chase the other thing. So we d- we took what we did and we did it the best we can, and we'll see how the chips fall. It's a great album, Jimmy, and I mean a couple of the other songs in there. I'll wait for you. One of my favorites, Beckett's Back, Forty Acres, a great story song with a twist in there. That's awesome. I mean, it just goes on and on. Thank you so much. As I mentioned off the top, I've been a Diamond Reel fan since I first heard Meet in the Middle on the radio. Bought your records over the years. Always look forward to a brand new album. This one is no exception. Love it. Well, thanks, Dave. I, I you know what? So uh, I'll wait for you. That's probably my favorite on the record too. Um, I do like Beckett's Back 40. I wish I would have gotten paid by the note on that one. Lots of guitar notes <laughs> on that one. So, uh, but you know what? It's 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 really fun to have this project done and out. You know, it's been a long time coming for us to get back to to cutting some country music, and uh, man, it feels like the timing's right for us. So, um, I hope uh, hope everybody enjoys it. We sure had a blast making it, and we'll be out there performing it. Sounds great. Our listeners can uh, head to diamondrio.com to uh, check out the album, learn more about you guys. It's also available at iTunes. Wow, my guest has been Jimmy O'Lander from the multi-award winning country group Diamond Rio. Be sure to check out their latest album called I Made It. I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country. Dave, great job. I appreciate uh, you putting the effort into all the, the research and stuff. It's always a pleasure when somebody knows what they're what they're doing on the other end. That's awesome.